Welcome to episode number 550. I'm your host, Alpha Mike, on Raider Cop Nation. What are we going to discuss today? Well, it's simple. My health is not the concern of my agency. You see, when I first got in, I took an exam, a health exam. But now that I'm in, what's the deal on the next Raider Cop Nation? Episode 5050, getting closer to number 52, that would be our anniversary. Of course, that was on El Police Radio. Now we are Raider Cop Nation. And our next episode after this is going to be very interesting because it will, it will be the induction of the panel. But our show today, my health is not the concern of my agency. We're going to talk about that medical exam that you have prior. And then once you get sworn in, a couple years maybe, depending on your agency policy, it could be one, two, four years after that initial. What are they looking for? What do they really care about? What is their concern for my well-being? And how long... Am I going to be having these medical exams? And if something happens to me, what happens next? So we're going to look at that and some other things. Now we're going to concentrate on Raider Cop Nation. That's what the new deal is. El Police Radio is no more. And on our next program, our next episode, we will be having the introduction of the panel. So Later on down the show, we're going to talk more about that. And uh, from our next show on, our co-host, Mike Sierra, will be back. So we got a lot in store from this point on. No pressure, of course. And it's going to be fun, enjoyable, and it's going to be a reality check for many other individuals that uh, are not used to hearing uh, somewhat the truth. We'll just say that. We are picking up a couple of uh, news articles today, specifically two. Um, we're going to you know, be getting away from the news articles. We might talk about a news article. You know, the new format now is going to be as we come on, myself and Mike Sierra uh, chit chatting, either uh, whatever's going on in our worlds, our lives, or whatever the news story is of the day. And uh, and then we'll go ahead and go into the meat and potatoes of the episode and uh, bring in the panel guest that, uh, for that show and uh, attack that, that uh, episode head on from that point on. So in the meantime, while we're waiting for that, this is the last show, we'll probably uh, do, you know, the, the music and the bugler and all that on the uh, news article. But it was fun when it lasted. Uh, one of the reasons I picked up a lot of the news articles was um, not only to talk about them or, or read the story, but I also wanted to elaborate on that story. It was always brought good information and a good conversation to what occurred. Now, where can you find us now? RaiderCopNation.com Raider R-A-I-D-E-R Cop C-O-P Nation N-A-T-I-O-N dot com and we'll find this there it's the same page that was there before now let's head off to the news One.
Our first article takes us to New York City, where there was a little lover spat, or we don't know what it was, but a sergeant in the NYPD was uh, charged, or, or is pending charges. NYPD cops suspected of shooting a Brooklyn man in the face as a 10-year-old son with the woman over whom they were apparently quarreling and is likely to be busted, law enforcement said Friday. The unidentified woman, who also has other kids, has a past arrest for prostitution, sources said. Sergeant Richard Blake, 40, was stripped of his badge and gun following the attack on ex-con Tavona Santana, 21, who was hit in the chin and is expected to recover. Sources have said Blake claims he fired two shots when Santana tried to rob him around 5 a.m. Thursday on Livonia Avenue near uh, New Jersey Avenue in East New York, Brooklyn. Now, if, if you don't know the neighborhood, that is not a good neighborhood, folks. So, uh, another case in point here is the hiring practices, <clears throat> especially of the NYPD. And uh, I'm not commenting so much on this specific case, but we've seen more and more arrests, more and more uh, hanging out in certain uh, neighborhoods that are not the best, and these acting out in public type of things, starting to wonder <clears throat> how their hiring practices are adding and abetting to some of these arrests that are happening in the NYPD. It's hard to find good applicants, but you're not that desperate that you got to get the wrong one. Now, this article alluded to that there's something in the officer's file. We'll leave it at that. We'll post it on Raider Cop Nation, the show notes, and you can read it on your own. Now, let's uh, jump to story number two. Two. The second story is a sad story because it, it involves somebody I went to high school with, and I recently found out that he was the chief of police of Baltimore. And I was happy. I was really, really happy for him. He was um, a star basketball player in my old school, Marty Christie. And later it changed its name to St. John's. And uh, him and his brother, they were twins. They lived in Jamaica, Queens. And uh, Darrell, after he graduated... He went to Maryland to go to college, and after receiving his degree there, he um, applied for the Baltimore Police Department, was accepted, and went up the ranks. But uh, as troubling as it is, we all make mistakes, and he made a big one. Baltimore Police Commissioner DeSosa resigns, aimed federal tax charges. Baltimore Police Commissioner Darrell DeSosa resigned Tuesday aimed at growing federal investigation into his personal finance and other private and professional affairs, prompting Mayor Catherine Pug to announce a national search for his replacement just days after she expressed continued confidence in him. The social departure after 30 years in the department and less than four months at its helm comes aimed at revelations that the federal prosecutor who charged him last week with failing to file federal tax returns are probing deeper into his past. They have issued subpoenas to the city financial and police department for a decade worth of information about his, his pay, his travel, secondary jobs, tax, and internal affairs file, among other things. This also could not be reached for comment Tuesday, and one of his attorneys in the tax case declined to comment on his behalf. The mayor said Tuesday that she has accepted the Sosa's resignation, appointing the deputy commissioner, uh, Gary Tuggle, as interim commissioner. She also wanted to reassure all Baltimoreans that the development into no way alters our strategy effort in reducing crime and, address and addressing the root cause of our most neglected cities. And it goes on to talk about uh, the case, and it talks about um, uh, 
some of the roles that uh, Darrell had in the police department. And he failed to file the three tax returns, three years. And uh, it, it, it started creeping up on him. And now when he got his new chief position, he was making a lot more money. So great guy, I can tell you. Tremendous personality, tremendous upbringing. Um, I, I was pleasure to, to, to be in the same uh, class, uh, school with him. And uh, he was a star on the basketball team, him and his brother. So I hope Daryl gets through this. And uh, it's never a good thing. Obviously, it brings a crashing halt to his police career of 30 years. But hopefully he can keep his pension and keep his chin up. He's done a good job. So that concludes our, our news stories. And the bugler is nowhere to be found. He's dragging his feet as usual. Here he comes. My Health is No Concern to My Agency, episode number 50. Now, for a lot of people, when they first get into law enforcement, they have to take a medical examination to see if they're fit for duty and able to perform the duties and the functions of a law enforcement officer, whether it's police or corrections. Now, the physical exam and the medical exam has to be signed off by an MD. But most of the exam has to do with uh, blood test, urinalysis, and more important, uh, EKG, make sure that, you know, the ticker's functioning right. They are going to go on some basic, basic information, height appropriated to weight, based on your age and your physical characteristics. They also want to know about your family history because that's going to play a role in the determination whether you can fulfill the duties of a law enforcement officer healthy. Now, <clears throat> with 800,000 plus law enforcement officers in, in the United States, not everybody is 100% physical condition. As you can see, there are several news articles where officers have just died. You know, heart attack, stress-related or not, uh, they've died. They've died in training exercises and stuff like that. So the job takes a stress toll on you, but a lot of it uh, is also hereditary. It, it, it comes into the picture. So a medical exam, your doctor wants to have a picture. They're going to make a recommendation to the agency whether you would be able to perform the physical task of a law enforcement officer for the next 20, 25, 30 years, whatever length of service. Well, you can't predict the future, but you can give a good stamp of approval. He won't die to tomorrow. And off you go to the academy. You go through the academy and also, part of your initial medical history is, can you endure the academy, the running and the physical aspect as well? We want people to die in training. So once you've completed all that, you get your badge, you're sworn, off you go into the field. Shortly after that, you're going to receive, through your human resource department, a notice that you have to go to a mandatory medical examination. Now, for some agencies, it could be a yearly one. For some others, every two years, every four years. Each agency, depending on size and, of course, the budget, will uh, kind of push officers into the direction of their first actual uh, medical checkup as a law enforcement officer. So they're going to give you an array of tests. Blood's going to be drawn. Your analysis is going to be done. Um, they're going to ask you questions on a questionnaire, you know, bring any medications that you are in, 
and so forth and so forth and so forth. But one of the important issues is there's a huge cost to these medical examinations. So the question is, why do law enforcement agencies even bother? You know, if you get you know, if you work, let's let's take working for a private company, okay, and even in the security field, and you get hired, they don't give you a medical examination. They don't really want anything to do with your medical history. That's kind of like your own personal world. Of course, when you have an expectation that an employee's going to be working with you or for you for the next 20 to 30 years, things are going to happen. People are going to get sick. There's sick leave and there's policies and procedures in place to absorb that incident or that situation in that employee's life. <clears throat> so the question is, why is law enforcement so concerned with your health now? Now, I know there's a lot of brunt of jokes that officers, and especially police officers, love a good donut. They can't pass one up. And the sugar rush is something that is quite unique in law enforcement. I can't tell you that. The addiction to coffee is, it's, it's up there. It's up there. I remember when I started, a very young man, I was probably uh, 25, I, if I drank a cup of coffee, it was maybe once a, once a year. You know, I, I didn't have um, that aspiration or that, that desire for coffee, especially at that age. And all of a sudden, I got in law enforcement, and the addiction, of course, every year gets worse, but it becomes a ceremonial thing where you have to have it. And it's to gather around the coffee pot. And you tell war stories. And uh, sometimes we rotate who does the coffee. It, it, you know, everybody's got to chip in for coffee, too. That's another protocol. And you might have on your tour of duty several cups of coffee. Um, you know, I, if, if I told you four cups of coffee is a minimum, I'd be lying, because in some areas, it's a lot more, especially when you have the ability to make the coffee right there instead of buying it somewhere. If you have to buy it, well, you might buy two cups of coffee during your tour of duty. It also depends what shift you're on, okay? Are you drinking coffee and so forth? But coffee is something... And I, I, I would assume it has something to do with the sugar that people put in their coffee because I really don't know too many uh, law enforcement officers that were drinking black coffee. They were drinking it, of course, with creamer and everything else. And it made them go through their day. So donuts is nowhere far behind either. And uh, they love a good sugar rush. And it's been the brunt of jokes in the industry for many, many years. But now, with that type of diet, and if I'm in a patrol car, if I'm not as mobile as I once was, maybe when I was a civilian, I start to gain weight. And that's when you start to feel the polyester pressure. What's the polyester pressure? Well, Let's just say when you first graduate, you throw on your, your new uniform slacks. They kind of dance on you. You look in the mirror, you go, oh, okay, what are you going to do? I wouldn't, buy it in, I wouldn't buy these slacks to go out with, but part of the uniform. And as uh, time goes on, the polyester pressure is felt. And all of a sudden, those seams, boy, they're hanging off into your life. And after a while, you get to a point in your career that if you drop something, you might not want to pick it up. I know I have a great joke. It's not a joke. It's actually a true story that happened. We're firearms destructors over in Miami-Dade. And a chief, uh, it was command staff qualification uh, day. And uh, a chief was 
exiting her vehicle. She's a big lady, and she was carrying her duty belt and uh, key keepers and, and belt keepers and so forth. And she happened to drop one. So one of the instructors was happy to see her, and he runs over and he throws his arms out. Sue, 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 he wants to give her a big hug and kiss. And she throws out her arms and she goes, nah, nah, nah. just pick up the freaking key keeper. And then she, he goes, yeah, I'll pick it up later. Yeah, pick it up now. I'll pick it up later. I'll pick it up now. You know, stuff. Okay, so he got his little hug and kiss. And, and then she goes, now pick up the freaking uh, key keeper. And he goes, oh, okay, well, you can't pick it up yourself? She goes, no, I ripped my pants. Hey! <laughs> and if you knew who she was, you'd laugh. But anyway, and that was reality. A lot of us put on weight as the time goes on. So would it, would it be that my agency is concerned about my well-being health-wise that they would be picking up on some of these traits like increased weight or possibly heading to be a diabetic or ding, ding, you've actually hit the diabetic coma. What happens? Now, of course, if you can't perform the duties in these uh, medical evaluations that you have periodically during your career, they will put you on light duty. I know Many stories, and I know one in particular, where a good friend of mine, a good classmate of mine, uh, Ernie, was diagnosed with some issues, and those issues saved his life, okay? Well, not the issues, but um, I'm speaking about the medical procedure. He left the hospital where we were assigned at the time, it was Mount Sinai Hospital in Miami, where he was assigned to, you know, take his physical. And he reported for duty. When he reported for duty, the doctor had read his results. He was already gone. He was off to, to, to go to work. And the doctor was shocked of what he read. And he called, spoke to the commanding officer, and said when he arrives... He needs to be detained, you know, right there. Make sure he doesn't go anywhere. And we need to call fire rescue or an ambulance and have him transported to the nearest hospital. And he has to be admitted. It was based on the levels that the doctor was looking at. And as a result of that, that's exactly what happened. Uh, he showed up. The rescue was called. They spoke to the doctor over the phone. He, uh, they transported them as, as they were required by the doctor to do so, and it saved his life. It saved Ernie's life. And uh, I could tell you stories about Ernie, one of the most funniest guys there, there I've, I ever met. And, uh, you know, he worked, uh, I would say, probably 75% of his career in poor health. But there was never pity. No, 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 no. Ernie pulled his weight. He did what he had to do. But he was of poor health. And uh, he retired. He retired. And I remember uh, just before he left, gave me a big hug. Said, I don't know if I'll ever see you again. I go, well, what do you mean? Where the hell are you going? He goes, well, I'm moving to Tennessee. I go, well, you know, I guess I see you, you know. I get a Facebook page. I can see pictures of you and see you there. He goes, no, that's not what I'm talking about. So the big picture came in. Ernie wasn't talking about uh, seeing you on Facebook. He was saying seeing you personally, you know, because of his huh? his health. But uh, he's still around. He's still kicking. He's still alive. Thank God. Uh, great guy. It really is. Funny, funny stories I could tell about him. But the medical procedure saved his life. So that's a good thing. Now, I believe what happened in that situation was the doctor saved his life. Not necessarily the procedure or the agency. You see, I think that the real purpose 
that there's such investment in your health from law enforcement agencies is to make sure if you are you're not on any substances. Now, during my career, I saw a lot of people uh, get hammered for having steroids and so forth in their system. Now, I know that's been a big conversation and criticism in the past in law enforcement. They don't test for that. There's only one special laboratory in California that does all that baloney. But I was watching them get popped one after another. So there was concern. If you failed your medical evaluation, you didn't make it very far before the phone rang and they told you, guess what? We need you to come in and bring the following goodies with you. The Grim Reaper was calling. Not because of their health, but because you were now going to be suspended because something came up. Now, I've, I've heard every story. Some of them are sad. Uh, you know, marijuana in their system. Traces of cocaine that turned out to be some tea that they drank. Uh, one specific case about marijuana, person had like 24 and a half years and was about to retire. And they came up with marijuana in their system and uh, they pled, they begged for their uh, ability to retire. You know, they only had six months. And the chief of the agency looked at them and said, eh, well, that's not going to happen. Have a great day. Terminated him. So then uh, he had to wait to his 55 to collect. I don't, I don't really know how many years he had to wait based on when that happened to him. But uh, one of the situations that was said is you made your own bed, so you have to lie in it. I, and there were so many other cases with steroid users, and uh, it was horrible. So I got to the point that when you got your notice, you know, you usually got a notice, uh, to be fair, maybe four weeks in advance, uh, five, six weeks in advance if they really like you. If they hated your guts, you find out the day before. But once you got the heads up that your physical was coming from your command, then uh, you guarded your food and everything you drank, and you never left it unattended. And if you did leave it unattended, you look around at everybody, you take it and you toss it. You wouldn't drink it. That's how paranoid in law enforcement people can be. Oh, no. I'm putting nothing in my drink because so-and-so has a problem with me. Next thing you know, I'm gone. So the primary reason agencies want you to have a physical because it was a good way around saying, can you take a drug test for me every two, three, four years just to make sure you're clean, you know? So there's a way to get around that. So agencies now do a full spectrum of a physical because you can't just say, okay, we're going to draw urine. We're going to draw urine. Listen to me. We're going to pee in a, in a cup and we're going to see if you're a drug addict or not. doesn't sound good because there's other factors that they have to look at too. Hypertension now has become huge in law enforcement and a lot of the lawsuits as a result to it. You know, studies have shown that officers have issues with hypertension because of the stress of the job. So agencies are kind of like on the hook for that, plus some other things too. You know, it's uh, secondhand smoking, exposure, depending on whatever uh, assignment that you have. There are dangers and things that you're exposed to. But by and large, they now are giving you a physical exam, adding on to the carrot. But I, one thing that really hit me was it, recently... I was going on Facebook, and I noticed on my account, you know, I, I can't remember what the exact number was, but 1,600, 1,700 
friends on Facebook. I don't really know all these people, but I started saying, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to purge this a little bit. And I started going, you know, scrolling through all these friends as much as I could bear because it goes on forever. And I started seeing all the people that are dead. Yeah, their profile's still there. Their happy picture's there. First there was one, then two, then three, then four. Man, I'm telling you, I got to at least 20. It was scary. It really was. And their happy pictures are still there. They're a monument. But then it occurred to me, hey, these people did what I did. These people were right next to me. These people were going to the same hospital for their physical examination. Did these medical exams that they were doing, did they pick anything up? Or did they just conveniently just close the book and say, follow up at your personal physician? I later learned that that's mostly what they were doing. One case in particular, uh, a lieutenant, he had issues with his blood count. And he was concerned, of course, I think anybody else would. And I, I kind of threw a suggestion and said, you know, you look if you can look at your medical files, you still got your copies. Now, one of the habits that I had back from the time I f- first got hired was every time I finished my medical checkup, which was in two parts with, with the agency I was with, first part was the drawing of blood, urinalysis, and so forth, EKGs. And then the second part uh, could be, dealt with your eyesight, your hearing, that kind of thing. And you would have the follow-up visit with the doctor, which, you know, didn't last long, maybe five minutes, and you were gone. When As you exited in that second one, they would say, would you like a copy of the results? And I was a big guy on documentation, so, yeah, yeah. a lot of people would run out of there because they had other things to go do. But it occurred to me to keep them. And I would keep them, and I would compare them from one year to the next. Sometimes I would share them with my physician at the time. I go, look, you know, I took this physical, and here are my results. Hey, look at it, and it kind of, you know, I get scolded at for one or two things on the form, and that was it. So I brought that suggestion. To this lieutenant, I told him, you know, do you keep your your copies? He goes, yeah, well, I got some, but I'm sure I can see them all. So he looked into how to go about that. He found out that uh, the main county building keeps records on all employees. So he went down there. He accessed his own personal records and had copies. And it came out in his situation that his blood counts were low from the first time he applied to get into the agency. So he goes on at the time, he's got to have like 27 years in the agency. He's got 27 years of records that his blood counts are going lower and lower, but not a word is said until this situation happens to him and it's picked up by his personal physician. And then, thank God, he he got out of that situation, and it was corrected. But uh, he headed towards 30 years. He finally retired. He would have went 30 years, and the agency was, you know, the the government that hired him was looking at this thing. That would have been concerning if you were at your personal physician's office, and not a word was said, nothing. Looks good. Okay, next case. So the question was, and my good buddy Jake, remember we had the show with Jake on uh, number 48, episode 48. He used to say the only thing they care about is dropping urine and to see if you're good or bad. Now, he had this this joke, always the freaking joker that he was. Now, I'm going to paint a picture how you took your urinalysis exam. You walked in, 
and they made you strip and put on a hospital gown. You had to strip everything, okay? Underwear, socks, the whole nine yards, just like you came into the world. You throw on the hospital gown. You kind of wave at the nurse. You're ready. And then they come in and give you the little jar, take you to the restroom, and, you know, read you the riot act. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't. You So you go in, you take the urinalysis, you put it in the jar, you close the jar, and then you bring it back outside to the nurse. So my buddy Jake, what he would do is he would do the urinalysis and everything in the jar, but he he said, I run my hands and I run the top of the jar under the sink. It's all wet. Then I go and I run into the nurse. I go, here you go, sweetheart. And he throw it on the counter and it's all wet. And they didn't know if it was urine, if it was... <laughs> it was nasty like that. I told you, you had a gnome. You had a gnome. He did that for years. And when they would tell him, why you do that? Why you, why are you so nasty? He goes, good enough of government work. That was his favorite line. So <clears throat> not all agencies have been created the same. Some do have a personal concern for your well-being. But to what extent? You know, are they going to tell you something that to them is really no big deal? Or are they just going to scapegoat out of it by saying, through the physician that did the exam, follow up with your primary care physician, okay? And then they give you a little secret envelope. Well, if they do that, at least, that's a good thing. You know, because then it's on you if you don't take it to your personal physician. But when you're dealing in the hundreds of thousands of officers taking this these physical exams, some go through the cracks. So the actual money that they're spending on doing this, is it really for the well-being of the law enforcement officer? It's a good question. We'll never really know intent because there's no sinister intent that governments have a secret file hidden in a safe somewhere that says, <laughs> all we really want is their urine. We don't know that. But what we do know that your personal health is important to you. Now, the agency may or may not care you have rights, you have protocols that you can follow in your agency, but it's important to take care of yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. Now it's time for the 09 training tip. take the opportunity to share with you a story when I was a training officer and I had specific duties. I was a subject matter expert in certain areas for my agency, but I also had specific duties and I was the training officer for the specialized section in my agency as well. And during that time, you had a team. That's the way it was developed when I was there. And you might have three or four officers or instructor officers on your team. And you guys would handle a specific division or section. And we were uh, tasked with the special operations section. And as we started doing numbers, numbers, numbers are you go to the computer system and you kind of punch in what type of training people have. And I started to notice in the special operations section that we were tasked with giving a lot of protocol type training that the, the agency wanted us to go out in the field and give. And uh, one example of kind of throw at you as a CPR. They wanted you to actually, you know, take it to them wherever they were at, the CPR protocol. And there were other protocols and other things that we did, but that was one of them. And, you know, you'd run them in the computer. 
So being a part of this training team that were charged with special operations, we would break down the special operations into sections. So you had to have one special operation, uh, a folder for them, and a folder for another special operations. But I started to notice there was one specific uh, special operations section that the officers, the majority of them, had a lot of seniority under their belt based on where they were working. But when I looked at their training records, you would look at it through hours, hours. So let's say that the average was that people were, at the same amount of time, were looking at five, six, eight hundred hours of training on their career. But the people in this section had like 150, 200 hours of training. It was alarming. It popped out. It slapped you over the head. Well, I wrote memos, and I encouraged my command staff to wake up out of their dream, but it never happened. It never worked. It was a shrug of the shoulders that nobody really cared. But I saw the liability in it, that you had so many people with so much time, with so little training, compared to other people with a whole lot less time working in operations and had a whole lot more training. It was two departments in one, and I could clearly see it on paper. Here's where I'm getting at. You're responsible for your own training as well. Don't only rely on the agency in giving you training. Yeah, they'll give you the minimum that they have to legally, by law, they will send you. But it doesn't stop you from putting in for it. I used to encourage all the people that I mentored, put in for it. When they deny it, wait one year and put in for it again and do it as many times as you want or you can until one day they'll get tired of you. And I go, can you send them? It might take you 10 years, but you're going. But it's up to you. If you give up the fight, then you lose the fight. So I encourage you, look into your training and go full force. Get those training hours up. Take training in everything. Everything that corresponds to your assignment. Become educated in that craft that nobody can deny you that. Now it's time for the conversation. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Scripture basically tells us, forget the past. Don't sit there and whine and whine and whine. In fact, Scripture even tells us, do everything without complaining. But there's many complainers. Boy, before you even tell them what to do, they're already whining. No, you should do things quietly, non-complaining, forgetting the past, forgetting what happened, how you think injustice has prevailed over you. Don't worry about those things. And focus, grabbing forthfully what's in front of you, marching forward towards the future. Of course, God's talking spiritually. We all make mistakes. We've all made tremendous mistakes, but God is faithful to forgive. Some of us have placed our lives with Jesus, and we've been forgiven of our sins. But we are all sinners, and we continue to sin every day. So every day we ask for forgiveness. But when you have that relationship with God, he sends his Holy Spirit to continue guiding you, scolding you when he needs to, and placing you in the direction that you need to go forward, not backwards. You see, old grudges 
And things that you won't allow to rest can cause your salvation. Let me explain. Scripture says that even if you have something against somebody, and you have failed to ask for forgiveness, you may lose your soul. Now, how do you go about correcting that? I don't have contact with the person no more. Yes, something happened. Well, if you don't have contact, then the contact you need to reach out to is God Almighty himself. And ask for forgiveness of whatever situation you think is burning you down. Have nothing, nothing, nothing complicate your salvation. Nothing. Forget your past and look at your future. Because your future in Jesus is bright and it's amazing. Only if you reach out forward to grab it. What's up next? I'm excited because what's up next is September 5th. You're going to meet the panel. And we're going to have Raider Cop Nation. The logo, the page, the whole nine yards. We've got a new introduction uh, intro, as you heard it. It's very short. It's not as long as it was before. And the playing of the dark of the deck of cards is we're putting the cards on the table and we're going to discuss these matters. Our show starts off with myself and Mike Sierra shooting the breeze with whatever topics we have. Then we're going to have the main topic. Our panelists will come on in. We won't have, as I said, all five of them, but you probably will have two, one or two on, and we're going to deal with whatever specific topic it is in detail. We will run that topic for about the 30, 35 minutes, 40 minutes, and uh, we're going to conclude with uh, the conversation. The 09 training tip will no longer be around because... We are going to have shows on training that are hour long, and we're going to be implementing our YouTube page and our website, the 09 Training Group. So you're going to hear three spots that we're going to um, support these businesses, and one of them is uh, training of firearms in New Jersey. And um, one, of course, is Pistol Pete, the gunsmith down in Miami. Love him to death. Get your weapon uh, tuned up. We, we encourage that always. And, of course, what we're doing, the 09 Training Group, and we're going to be placing small little ads during our uh, one-hour show uh, on those three companies. And we're going to dig deep into some of these topics we have, too. It's not just going to be three people talking, oh, yeah, well, you know, my opinion. You know, we're going to have, hopefully, some real good dialogue and some juicy stories that go along with what we're talking about. So I'm excited about Raider Cop Nation because it's not about a podcast. It's about a movement. It's about moving forward. It's about getting people psyched up. And motivated. Another thing that we're going to be featuring is those positive things in yesteryear that used to promote law enforcement. Remember those TV shows in the 70s, 60s, 70s? They were all police based. You would you would enjoyed them. You liked them. You, you know, people would plug in and watch them. Where did they go? They all disappeared. Now all of a sudden. Police has turned into a four-letter word. The other day, I was doing some research on celebrities that are pro-police. My God, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't get a handful of them. Now, I had plenty of pages that wouldn't, they were supporting Black Lives Matter, but not police. And times have changed, folks. So towards the ending of our show, we're always going to have that positive moment. We want you to have that positive moment, okay? So that's what's coming up on Raider Cop Nation. We encourage you to subscribe to our uh, page. 
We encourage you to bring in your buddies. We encourage you to be part of the nation. We're going to be doing training. We're going to be selling shirts. We're going to be doing a whole lot of things. And we want you to come along with us on the ride. Now, before we wrap it up, let's do our debriefing on what the hell we discussed in the first place. We talked about having the ability to look into your own personal health, to make sure that you're doing your follow-ups, your own personal physician, and just don't rely on the agency to do theirs and that they will actually tell you something you need to know. Keep your eye on the ball and know that you're signed up for a 20 to 30-year commitment where they want you as clean as a whistle like the first day you walked in. So your health is your priority and that of your families and nothing else. We know how important you are. You are a jewel to your agency, and they need you. So it's important to keep your eye on the ball. It has been my pleasure on Raider Cop Nation to be your host, Alpha Mike. And as a result, in Jesus' name, I bless you. I bless the agency that serves you. God bless America. And long live the Republic.